Charlie Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hetke, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. And today I have a guest, my first guest of the 2021-2022 Wolves season, as the preseason does kick off on Monday, uh, Cooper Carlson um, at Coop Carlson on Twitter. And he's the host of, is it MN Sports News po- or yeah, Minnesota Sports, Sports Daily? News, yes, sir. So yeah. that's Twins, Vikings, Wolves, Wild, anything else that you sprinkle sure, in there? Yeah. So first of all, honored to be the first guest. Means a ton. It's Minnesota Sports News. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, podcast, daily, everything pretty much. But yeah, uh, daily podcast and there, Minnesota Sports News. And I'm excited to be here today talking Timberwolves with you. It should be fun. And let's not you know, race over the fact that Cooper also is a team member over at canesupus.com. So if you want to follow some written Timberwolves new or Timberwolves words from him, you can find him there as well, as well as my work and everybody else's work. Um, But yeah, so Cooper decided or Cooper graciously accepted my invitation (laughs) to come on this podcast tonight and just talk about a few things. Timberwolves talk about the upcoming season, talk about media day, Sachin Gupta coming in as the I guess the new head, his role technically didn't change, but his powers did. And then we have a quick mailbag with um, like seven or so questions from people on Twitter. Before we move on with today's episode, I do have to let you know about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are glued to the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. NFL, College, whatever you need to do, go over to Bet Online, find your favorite bet you can make, parlay something, whatever you need to do to try and make some cash, go ahead and do it. They have a new updated site, new interface, they have even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, BLEAV, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Did you watch all the Media Day stuff, and how do you feel feel about... Like, do you have any specific things that really stood out to you from media day? Yes. So I did watch it because I'm an idiot, you know, <laughs> a Timberwolves fan here. Of course, I watched media day from my own room. And what did I take away? My biggest takeaway was kind of there weren't a ton of like big takeaways. We went into it going, you know, this is the big media day. Gerson Rosas was just fired. You know, Ben Simmons trade rumors. We didn't get, uh, I mean, legally, they weren't really allowed to talk about that, but it was a good media day for a team that just literally fired like the guy that runs the team pretty much it was there was no conflict obviously in gold state in philadelphia there's a lot of things swirling around minnesota for once was kind of just the center of this is a good media day all the players are happy you know cat 
Cat did talk a lot. He was very, certainly upset about things, but not like in a way of I'm asking out. It was just kind of him ranting. And that's cool. Overall, it was just like, it was a good media day. And that, that was unexpected for a team I think that it, doesn't have many good things. I think it was a much needed, calm yes. media day. Um, I've seen some people, like some New Jersey website, talking about how Towns isn't happy with Alex Rodriguez coming in as an owner. And what? things are just taking it entirely out of context there. But overall, you know, you didn't see Minnesota take over the NBA media day landscape like you did with the Andrew Wiggins vaccination situation or Bradley Beal or Kyrie Irving. Um, and I'm totally happy for that. The less attention drawn to the franchise at this moment, the better. Um, so yeah. I didn't have like any huge takeaways. Um, I know that some people who were in attendance like Kyle and Dane and some of the other media members, they really noticed how much bigger Anthony Edwards got, not just height wise, but like, sheer size which is kind of insane because he was a huge dude last year so that kind of excites me but like the two inches that he's supposedly grown to be about six foot six I think it means more than some people are kind of putting stock into um when you talk about like if his height grew his wingspan probably also um upped itself which could mean that he's better able to deflect passes block shots play defense um, on bigger wings and stuff. So I think that part matters a little bit. I guess Jada McDaniels looks like he grew a couple inches also, supposedly now the tallest player on the Timberwolves, um, even taller than Cat, I guess. Uh, but other than that, from what like people said, I didn't, I mean, like you said, Cat vented. He was upset that, and he wasn't even that upset. He just kind of vented about like all the <laughs> right. stuff he's gone through. And you can't blame him. Yeah, but in the Sports Illustrated article that came out, you know, he talked about wanting to stay in Minnesota and he basically is putting the ball in their court, which is good that he's reaffirming that on like such a huge national level that a lot of people read, um, kind of putting a kibosh on like the trade rumors or like the he's going to ask out type of things. But um, I thought some players had some cool things to say. Anthony Edwards is, he didn't even, he wasn't even that funny compared to Anthony Edwards, but he still was hilarious. He didn't even know where the Olympics took place. Um, and he potentially could have been going there, which is just the funniest thing to me. But yeah, I think that some of the players said some cool stuff. Josh Akogi, um, you know, he's in a contract year. He's talking about how much he loves the state and the city and everything. That's cool. Um, did you have any player specific things that they said that kind of jumped out? Specific players ants just kind of talked about how he's not going to change how he plays despite, you know, seemingly being taller. McDaniels comparing himself to what he wants to be like a Pascal Siakam. Obviously, when you throw out big names like that, it's important. It's cool that they do that. But D'Lo, you didn't, I mean, you didn't throw D'Lo's name out there. So I'll catch D'Lo, you know, I'll talk about him there. But I mean, he, I thought he was interesting. He kind of just went, I like he was asked about Ben Simmons and Gerson Rosas. And his answer both times was, I don't really care at right. all, which I was like, okay, like I have no issue with that. But it was, it was interesting just to hear him actually like say that. And then just talk about, I'm going to have a good season. Like I'm really motivated because it's my contract year, like selfish in a good way. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, I'm expecting big things out of Delo this year, out of cat, out of band, really the whole team. I use the word all in probably 40 times in my last podcast. So I'll say it here too. I'm kind of all in on this team. You know, I think they're going to, yeah. and that's 42 and 40 with the way the Timberwolves have been for two decades. So I'm, I'm in ownership was probably the most interesting thing to me just because of the sheer difference between when Taylor talked compared to Lori and Rodriguez, it's just, 
it's so night and day. And December 2023 can't come soon enough. They might move the team. They might. I don't think they're going to. That's my take. I think they truly do like Minnesota. But the sheer difference between Taylor and these two, like especially Lori, dude, it's it's unbelievable. And I, if Taylor's smart and he owned, you know, he said he's smart. Basically, said I own a lot of businesses. I'm a smart man. He should really just right now kind of let Lori not have final final say, but be the right. be the guy that just really does it. Like he still confirms with Glenn, but in terms of whether or not to keep Sachin, make the final decision there. What you know, just. Decisions and for like all we that. and for all we know, maybe he does have that. You know, maybe right. I'd assume maybe Glenn will. Should. I don't right. know, but it's weird to think of a minority owner having all that power. But it's not like completely out of the question, I guess, in this particular situation. <laughs> um, going back to the Delo thing, Delo is just like a very interesting guy, and he's always the way he talks with the media, especially after the whole situation that happened in LA with yeah. the trouble with the teammates. He's always kind of like. From my view, he's always kind of just been a little hesitant to talk to the media and things like that. But he's also asked, I mean, I've been in some Zoom calls or seen some Zoom calls and he's asked some really philosophical questions to like reporters and he just seems like an all around good guy. Um, but I thought his answers were hilarious when he was talking about he found out Gers got fired on the golf course um, and he said, all right, time for the next shot and just went out and he just didn't care. And I think the entire vibe of the team and I don't think I don't know if it was set up that way or if that's just legitimately how the how the players felt. But it it seems like the players care less about who's running the show than a lot of people think they might, um, which is cool. Like and this has been echoed on other people's podcasts, too. But if Chris Finch was the one that got, you know, caught doing something or was creating a toxic culture in the in the room, I guess. The, the players would probably be more upset and it would probably affect them more because that's their day-to-day lives. When they come in, they work with coach Finch. He installs a system. He really affects what they do, the minutes they get all that stuff. The front office doesn't have as big of effect necessarily. So I think that's probably the reason that the players just really don't give a shit, which is fine. Yeah. Um, fine by me. So I thought his answers were really cool. Another well, player I'm, I thought was, are sure, you just go ahead? No, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. On Delo, it's just like, listening to him say, I don't care. I was just shocked because me personally, I felt like I cared more than him. Like I learned the news, you know, maybe TMI here, but I got out of the shower, checked my phone notification. Gerson Rose has let go. And I spent probably a full minute looking for a fake check mark next to Sham's name on Twitter. Like there's no way. And then of yeah. course, throughout the day, all of us on Cadis, everything, we're just kind of going through it all. Meanwhile, Dilo is like practicing his putts. And I'm, it's, it's weird to think about that. The players just don't care you know carl maybe tweeted what wtf but i think that's just because he was taking confusion back. yeah yeah like not like mad at anyone and i don't think this is going to affect the team negatively throughout the season if anything from what we've heard from behind the scenes it's only going to make them better yeah yeah i i was like in the middle of teaching my second grade class <laughs> and like both the watch be like what oh, the hell no. and then like <laughs> all right back to math you know what's what's two plus eight so it was an interesting thing for sure, but yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess maybe I assume people would care more, but media day right. kind of helped me realize like probably for the better. Um, so the other person I want to talk about before we go into specifics on Sachin Gupta and how that really affects mm-hmm. the Timberwolves, um, McKinley Wright is there's, there's two players, but McKinley Wright, I just want to touch on for a second. I think it's just the coolest thing ever. Like he seems 
genuinely super happy to be a Minnesota Timberwolf. He obviously grew up in Minnesota, but he was like so joyful when he was talking about it. And he seemed like this is where he wanted to be. And obviously he probably had some other two-way offers from other play for, or, excuse me, from other teams around the NBA, but he chose to come here probably because he has a connection, family's here, all that. But I don't know. It's really cool. And I think he's going to be a good person to like show some of the guys around. Like, you know, he knows a lot yeah. about Minnesota and like what it, what works, what doesn't work, where you go, like that type of thing. So I think it'd be pretty cool to hear, um, you know, how that transpires and whatnot. Um, and also him talking about him, he was going to come to the Gophers and then Matthew Hurt was going to be coming with him to the oh Gophers. Jericho Sims was going to be coming to the Gophers. It's just that part of it. I'm not going to turn this into a Gopher. And that hurt me. Like, yeah. I don't care about the Gopher basketball team and that right. hurt like. <laughs> But like, I don't want to turn this into a Gopher pod, but like that stings, you know, like, because <laughs> Richard Patino lost a lot of, a lot of people. But aside from that, the other person I want to talk about is Nas Reed. Um, Nas Reed's interview was probably the best interview, I think. Like overall talks about like, I think Nas Reed's going to have a huge voice for the Timberwolves in the locker room as like some kind of like as a leader, which is kind of weird to say this undrafted guy two years ago, three years ago is all of a sudden like going to have some sort of voice, but he's been putting in work every single off season. He got better and better. And now hopefully he's going to get better again, solidify himself as one of the best backup power for or backup centers in the league. Um, but I'm just really excited to see what he can bring because judging his interviews and everything, that dude hates losing. Like he hates losing more than he loves winning. And he's done a lot of losing since he's been here. So I'm excited to see what this year brings because we saw him transform his body from his rookie year to his sophomore year. Now I want to see him transform his game from his sophomore year into his third year. Um, so those, those are some cool things. I know people have touched on everyone else. I'm not going to go too much into what Kat said or Jaden said or anything like that, but any last second thoughts on media day before we head into Sachin Gupta talk? Sure. You know, just on those two players, I won't expand any further either. We've all done that enough, but yeah, McKinley, Wright, He was good again. I mean, he's also probably the player that would, that talked that just might get not a single minute. This yeah, season, exactly. But it was good to hear him like talking. It's just cool to have him around on Nas Reed's side, dude. Like no one has improved as much as Nas, but also he's still a backup center. Like he's improved a ton though. Just from going from being like the meme guy that like, oh, he got in the game three years ago to now being a legit solidified backup center on this team. And one, one of the better ones in the NBA, like he's got a shot here, obviously, to be one of the best backup centers in basketball. Looking around, seeing what these guys are getting paid, he's going, all right, my turn. And this year, he has a real shot to do that on a winning team, which is really important for him, as you said. I like, the, I like what you said, he hates losing more than he loves winning. That's a good way to put it, although he may not know what winning feels like here yet. So right. he should give it a try this season. Yeah, should be fun. Yeah, I think the best thing about Nas Reed is just that he kind of the system doesn't have to change a lot when he gets on the court versus Cat because of their skill sets and whatnot, um, which is kind of cool. But let's go ahead, let's fast forward. Um, before we do touch on Sachin Gupta, did you see the Timberwolves leaked? jerseys and what are your thoughts on them okay i got like a slight glimpse i've got it was in the slack chat right yeah by yeah, take, take, right take a second take a second analyze the jerseys <laughs> what do you like what do you dislike so oh god i am okay 
I don't really give a damn about jerseys. I don't know if I can say that word on your pod. But Go for like, it. All right, all right. But these are okay. I, the green ones suck, obviously. I've like yeah. some of them. Which the I past. think the green ones are yeah. still going to be there. Like, I don't think those are Saturday, going baby. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So I don't no, think they're going anywhere. This is kind of like the opposite, but this, I don't know anything about jerseys. So this, my analysis here is going to suck, but it's like the opposite. Just, just blue, just blue. And I like blue a lot better than green. So take that word and what you will, but I, you know, so I whatever. I guess my take on these jerseys, if those of you who may not know um, what jerseys we're talking about, I retweeted them on Twitter again at B underscore H E D T K E N B A. You can see them there. A bunch of other twin or it's not twins. Timberwolves people have put them out there as well. Um, basically they're like a, a blue, but not the blue of like the Timberwolves right now, but it's like the lighter blue of like the rookie KG era. And then if you remember the gray jerseys from the playoff year, it had like those weird, that weird, like gradient type thing going on down the sides. It's like that into a darker blue in the back. And then it's got like the trees, the tree trim, Mm-hmm. and the wolves font from that time too instead but it doesn't say timberwolves it just says wolves so i think it's kind of cool i like the trees but the thing i'm most excited about is having a bright blue jersey because yeah. we don't have and we haven't had bright blue jerseys in forever the the blue jerseys from like ricky rubio's first stint here cats rookie year they weren't bright they were blue but they weren't yeah. like popping bright so i like these um and i think it's just different and yeah, they're not the green ones. Unfortunately, the green ones will still be there. I'd rather keep the black ones we had this past year. I'm assuming the green ones will be there. I guess I don't know for sure, but I'm like know. 99% sure they, they should have just gone with them. blue. These blue ones when they went with the green ones, you know, originally yeah. they should have gone with blue. That's my take. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Talk about Sachin Gupta. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and just talk a little bit about who Sachin Gupta has been as an executive. Um, He's worked for the uh, Houston Rockets from 2016 to 2013 as a special advisor to Daryl Morey and then switched to a consultant as in 2013 and then became the VP of basketball operations with the 76ers from 2014 to 2016. That was under Sam Hinkie. So that was during the, obviously during the process years um, and then transitioned to assistant general manager um, in 2019 or 2018, 19 with the Detroit Pistons. And then he came over to Minnesota when Gerson Rosas was hired and has been the executive vice president of basketball operations with the Timberwolves since June 30th of 2019 in 2018, Daryl Morey did say a quote of Sachin's fingerprints are all over this time from his first six seasons with the Rockets to con- to the comfort contributions he's made this past year. So Daryl Morey speaks highly of him. I know there's a lot of people who, say that Sachin Gupta has been the smartest guy in the Timberwolves front office since he came here over Gerson Rosas. Um, I don't know either of them. I know that Sachin is a very smart guy, but like I said, I can't speak to that side of it, but a lot of people that I trust do, do say that. So that, that part's pretty cool. Um, and another cool thing is he is the first uh, Indian um, person to run a franchise, which is like great for that, that culture and that country. So that's really cool. But I guess when Gerson Rosas got fired, did you expect the Wolves to have someone ready to go like they did with Chris Finch? Or did you expect that 
somebody would just kind of step in and they'd maybe conduct a search later on? Um, I expected Gupta to step in because I don't think any franchise wants to fire Rosas at the time that they they did. Like, if they had someone at the ready, they probably would have done it a month ago or just simply after this season. I think it just reached a level where they were like, we can't keep this guy around and we just gotta we just gotta get rid of him now. And you know, Gupta's here, he's ready to go. And hell, Gupta might be that guy, you know, eventually in the future. But I mean, as of right now, they have placed the permanent tag on him or at least taken away the interim tag. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to do a search just to do due diligence. But no, I wasn't surprised that it was Gupta that was elevated. Mostly just because of the situation. Like they just kind of went, Rosas reached, like the volcano just erupted. They went, all right, that's enough. Get him out of here. And then we'll just elevate Gupta. Because it's not like Gupta is not ready for this either. Like he's been considered in the past. Like he, he legitimately got almost got the King's job. Like right. he's been in the position to do this. The thing that kind of, not knowing like all the toxicity and everything that was going on in the front office. I thought that Gerson and Sashin were closer and maybe they were at one point, but obviously things came out where they were butting heads, but you know, I thought maybe with Gers being fired, there was going to be a lot of like his guys kind of shifting out. And quickly we learned that wasn't true, but like immediate reaction as I'm teaching math to my second graders, I'm like, God, who is going to be, like this, I'm trying to like say the math words. Well, that's going on in the back of my head, but um, yeah, I think that it's really cool that he did get the job because I was very worried he was going to end up going to Sacramento and I knew how big a voice he, at least he should have been under Gerson Rosas. So I'm glad he's here. I'm excited to see what he can do. It sounds like they're really behind him judging by the media day talk is like Sashin's a guy like he's in charge. He can make the decisions. Like we're not putting a leash on him or anything, um, which is cool, which you don't see a lot with interim guys, interim guys, usually, you know, ownership's really involved with everything they make or every decision they try to make and things like that. So, and I'm sure they will be involved. They're always involved at, at some level, but it's cool to see him get pretty much full control and not have to jump through hoops. So I think the backing of him from ownership, Glenn Taylor, and from Mark Laurie was really cool. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It was, I mean, we didn't really get to it in takeaways, but I I can't say it was one of our biggest takeaways, but looking back, it kind of was. Like, if they would have just gone out and been like, yeah, you know, Sachin's great, we're not sure, this would be a lot uglier, it'd be a lot more confusing, but they didn't do that. They clearly made a point to go out and be like, you know, we love Sachin, we think he's great, we know he's ready for this, and that obviously especially if you're Sachin you're like all right let's roll now he feels like he might have the freedom to go make a Ben Simmons trade or something or just make moves that he wants if they didn't encourage him like that maybe he wouldn't even have the freedom to go execute a trade like that and those talks would just be dead but we also had reports of like he's been given complete freedom to go pursue those talks which is like all right they have complete freedom or trust in this guy right now and that's great. I think so, I said it earlier, like this team could just get better with this move. Obviously not immediately because there's a lot of just awkwardness that happens. But in the coming weeks, like Gupta being elevated could just prove to be a better person. I mean, <laughs> with everything we've heard, Gupta is just a better overall person. So I'm excited for what he's bringing to this front office. And I think it's going to go well. I think he's eventually going to get that permanent tag just because of his reputation and how good he's like, how good he is. He's finally getting that shot that he's needed. Yeah. And I think that that part, it like can't go understated is like, he's been ready 
to get this type of job. But I think the, the other thing is I think knowing how toxic it was under Gerson Rosas, I don't think Sasha Gupta is going to like be that I'm in charge type of person. Right. And I think he's going like to be a lot on the court doing like raw, raw pep yeah. talks. Like Rosas apparently would sometimes. Yeah. He's not going to be like up in the forefront of like, you know, always being super available and like, um, like trying to be the head of everything, always putting out these quotes. Like he didn't talk very much in his press conference, which obviously his head's probably spinning because he literally, sure. from the way I understand it, got back from his honeymoon and Wednesday was the first day he was in the office. And that was the day Rosas got fired. So like, like he, he was probably like, you know, he probably hadn't unpacked a suitcase yet. And now he's like trying to unpack all this information about, okay, I like, I'm in charge now. So, but I think that he will really take into account, like everybody around him, like who's helping him make these decisions, which I think is a good thing. I think it always, you know, he's probably a guy that's going to go with the consensus more than like from the sounds of it, Rosas went against the grain and he offered more money to Beasley and Wancho than everybody else wanted to. He gave up more in the Wiggins trade than everybody else wanted to. Um, so yeah, I think that it's going to be good to have somebody that like a voice of reason in the, in the front office and hopefully it works out good. I'm not going to lie. I was really ecstatic when Rosas came over cause I had heard good things about Rosas yeah, and things same. like that. So I guess now coming in with Sasha and like, I'm an overly optimistic person in general, but this makes me want to push back a little bit thinking of like, I heard good things about the last guy and he turned out not to be a good guy. And to I'm not me, saying that's like going to happen all these with Sachin, other teams, but... All these other teams have loved Sachin so much. That's why I have more faith in him. If it was just the Wolves and Glenn Taylor, that was like, yeah. Like, but Glenn Taylor didn't even know who this... From I heard a report. Glenn, T- It was from a Darren Dewey Wolves. And he was like, Glenn Taylor legit could not have picked Sachin Gupta out of an assembly line. Like, had no idea who he was before this week, pretty much. So I, Glenn Taylor has no fingerprints on this. It's other teams and good people in the Wolves or I like the guy. So I'm. that's why I'm kind of in on it, you know? Does yeah. Make sense? And I guess there was things with Rosas before that maybe I just disregarded. Like he had a, he worked for the Mavericks for like a month or something and like didn't like the amount of power he had or something like that and like left. So maybe I just like overlooked things like that. And Sashin hasn't really had anything of like, like that, but he, we know for sure he's a smart dude. He like went to MIT, got his yeah. MBA in, at Stanford, like super intelligent guy. Um, and hopefully basketball wise, he is too. Seems to be Sam Hinkie loved him. Gerson Rosas loved him up until they started butting heads. Daryl Morey swears by him. So I'm excited to see what he brings. Um, maybe he'll do not much this season, um, but, but maybe that's a smart thing right. to do. You know, sometimes doing nothing is better than doing something just for the sake of doing something. So I'm excited for his, um, you know, rain, I guess, on the Timberwolves. <laughs> um, yeah, any last thoughts before we head on to our mailbag? Portion. Sure. Um, I guess not really. Just I'm also excited for Stashin. I am I get why it'd be like hesitant to buy in here simply because of everything we've we've seen. I was when Rosas was fired at first, I was like, what? Pissed off. Then I learned everything. It's like, okay, great move. Maybe Lori, if he trusts Sachin, will be good. I think just seeing how many people trust Sachin. There wasn't as much of that with with Rosas. Like we knew he had a relationship with Lori and stuff, but there wasn't a ton of other teams like that was that were literally trying to just get him and just do whatever it could to make him their pobo. Like, I don't know. I think Sachin's just I think he's gonna be good. Maybe that's blind optimism, but that's what I do. So here we are. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I'm not even like pessimistic about it at all, but just like, it made me yeah. turn my optimism down a notch, oh, but, sure, sure, sure. um, all right, let's go to the mailbag. I think we got like seven or so, um, questions. So first one comes from his at is cat JV JM and Delo, so that he's got like the whole starting five in his, um, handle, but he said, we've heard plenty regarding cat Ant and Jaden's, um, prep over the off season. Any thoughts on what we can expect from Delo, particularly on the defensive side of things? Am I delusional to think this think is health, new healthy knee and Finchie's system will translate to improvements. Um, I love that he calls him Finchie because Anthony Edwards called him Finchie in the press conference the other day. Um, so I guess I'll go first here quick. So we, I think we've heard a lot actually about Delos off season, yeah, kind of the same we've heard about cat is he's attacked it. Like it's a contract year. He said that. And I'd heard even before he said that Dane Moore had talked about how he'd heard from many people that like, this has been Delos best off season of his life, of his career. Um, and that he's as healthy as he's ever been. So I'm excited for that. Um, talking about the defensive improvement um, portion of it. I think he improved defensively last season. I think he was a little bit more bought in. I think he was healthier so he can move a little bit better. Um, so I'm not, I don't think he's going to even get to be an average defender by any means, but if he can take a couple steps in the right direction, I think that's very possible this year, just being healthy, having a good system and being more bought in players play better defense when they think they have a chance of like getting somewhere. And if this team thinks they have a chance of getting somewhere, like people are going to be more bought in on that side of the ball. So I don't think he's delusional to think his healthy knee and Finch's system will translate to improvements. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. yeah. So you kind of nailed it. I think, I mean, D'Lo when the team is winning, I think we'll be playing not, it's hard to say average defense, just acceptable defense. You know, he's the thing with him is the talent on defense will probably never be there. He's just never going to be a defender. It's well, he's just like super, he's just not an athlete. Like he's just not right. a sure. yeah. great athlete, yeah, which he's just helps never, defensively. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. does. And he's just never going to reach that level, which is, it's fine. There's a lot of players that are like that. It's just about, can he go from being the literal worst at times to just being fine, like legit acceptable. To like, where can the you go from like, like, okay, he's worth yeah. first percentile to like, 20th percent yeah that would be wonderful and it's just all about about attitude we saw him when he had to like lead the team basically when cat was out he was just outright bad overall like his attitude when the team is not winning and when ryan saunders is his coach i don't think is very good but if this team starts out you know five and two chris finch is his coach he's all bought in i don't think like 20th 25th 30th percentile is at all out of the question and for him it's you know it's frustrating but it's just all about the attitude, whether they're winning or not, whether D'Lo is content with the situation and really whether that determines whether he's going to give a damn on defense or not. No. Yeah. And I think he's got a good relationship with Chris Finch. I think he really likes Chris Finch. Um, and he didn't, from my understanding, did not like Ryan Saunders. Yeah. Did not like him. So yeah, I think that, I think that he probably will, um, have one of the best seasons of his career this year. Um, hopefully I'm really bullish on him and I'm excited to see what this year brings. Um, Next question comes from Grant Schwieger. Uh, where do you think the Wolves finish in the West? So this is an interesting one. Um, it's always hard, and I'm kind of trying to go off the top of my head here, but I'm unless you're not ready, I want you to go first and just kind of throw out where you think the Wolves end up Western sure, Conference okay. this year. So it's it's tough. Um, I'm, I'm pulling up just what they were last year, because obviously I know they were really bad last year, just 
overall. I think the record was 23 and 49 when it all, was all said and done. A lot of injuries took place, but I think they will be within the top 10. They have more talent than Sacramento, who they finished behind, New Orleans, who they finished behind, San Antonio. They're up there with maybe like even Dallas. Like obviously they have Luca, but things are kind of a mess over there. Portland, things could, again, who knows? I mean, I would say if I had to predict a specific placement, eighth, eighth, and that's probably being optimistic. I think eighth is probably yeah. the ceiling there. But no, I mean, you know, eight, nine, for sure, th- 10, though. That, I they, think eight is yeah. a, eight's an optimistic number, but I don't think it's right. like an unreachable number. Right. I mean, also, especially if like, things swing your way with yeah, like exactly. COVID luck, things, you know, with a team yeah. going to be fully vaccinated. Um, if they can stay healthy, like that health is a big factor in a lot of things. Um, I think there's some teams that we can say are clearly just going to be better than Timberwolves next season, like the Jazz, the Suns, right? Um, the Lakers, and maybe I don't. Denver's tough. I would say Jamal Denver, Murray, yeah. but Denver, uh, Portland's another one that maybe is for sure going to be better. But well, it's like who knows what the first if, five teams, though, it's kind of just a toss-up where anyone yeah. could kind of break through though. And so, it's like, if you're hurt, you're going to be, yeah. I mean, the Lakers had injuries last year and ended up as the seventh seed. Like, yes, yeah. of course, fully healthy. The Lakers are going to be a better team than the Timberwolves. And even with like some bad injury luck, they're probably still going to be better. But if it like is disastrous, you know, things could happen that go down. Who knows what golden state's going to be this year. Um, Clay, I don't, and I hate to say this cause I love Clay Thompson, but, he could come back as a total shell of himself defensively. Yeah. I mean, it's you been know? two years. It's been two years since he's played. He's had some really bad injuries that are going to affect his quickness and things like that. He might still be a knockdown shooter, oh, yeah. but he's got to be a defensive player too. They might be without Wiggins for literally half the season because he won't get vaccinated. <laughs> um, I think the Wolves are for sure better than Houston, OKC, Sacramento, San Antonio. And I think they're better than... Um, New Orleans too. So that gives me five teams that I'm pretty confident they're better than, which puts them at 10. And I also am fairly certain they can be better than Memphis, considering Memphis like made some of the worst trades this offseason for like they weren't Culver's like coming back, man. Culver's gonna ruin the wolves. He's gonna dunk on Cat like he dunked on Robin Lopez. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then he chased down the other side of the court. Oh god, yeah. But yeah, so I think Memphis, I'm not trying to like go too deep into it, but sure. they made some moves that maybe like value-wise weren't too bad, but kind of set them back when they seem like they're on an upward playoff trajectory. It seemed like it kind of set them back a little bit, um, but maybe I'll be wrong. But so I would say if I could just pinpoint, I would say ninth. Yeah, okay. I would say ninth would be my, that's where I'm putting them. Um, and I did a podcast on this, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago. And I probably said something different then because my opinion is changing all the time, but Somewhere in that, between that, you know, that play in area. Yeah. I think they're well, comfortably in there. Right. The thing is with like, good, with like relative health. Uh, finally. Know, that's a, yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, Kat, just to, I know we got to move on to another question here soon, but Kat and Dilo are entering their seventh seasons. Like this is, it's go time. Ant is this number one overall pick second year now. Jaden McDaniels is this guy. Malik Beasley is going to win six man of the year. No, but he's going to be really good off the bench, I think. Pat Bev is here. Torian Prince is here. Like, eventually this team's got to, like, our expectations are like eight is outstanding for this team. That's just been going at, just fighting and clawing, being terrible for 
ever. And it's like, all right, just get, get to the play-in game and we'll all be happy. But no, it's like eight should be expected of this team eventually here. I think they can get to the eight seed. They have a lot of talent. You know, yeah. just make it work. Chris yeah. Finch is think, here. Yeah. Ugh. And I think that's like an understated thing too, is like, he's a great coach. Um, seems to be a great coach at least. And yeah, if the Wolves stay healthy, relatively healthy, um, you added some very good pieces, I think, for the bench with like Prince and Beverly. So I, I don't know. I, I'm excited for the, this season to kind of see where sure. things shake out. Um, but obviously, I'm always optimistic. Somebody might think they're going to finish 13th. And I guess if that's what they see it as, then it is what it is. But yeah, I, I like I like the optimism that we have here and like getting into that play in thing um, really should be a pretty reasonable goal. I would say, you know, getting to the 10th seat, it seems like a reasonable goal for this team. Um, Let's move on to the next one. This one comes from actually another podcast, uh, Timberwolves tip to tap. Um, And now his name is slipping my mind. Uh, I think it, Oh, Dan, Dan is the host along with um, another one, but Dan is the guy that runs the account. So basically he said, barring injury, who are the holdovers from last year, most likely to see a reduction in playing time. So he's going to play less. Um, this coming season that maybe played some more last season. And to do this, I'm going to pull up basketball reference just to kind of see minutes per yeah. game that people had. Um, I can start it off. If you need, yeah, to go for it. All right. For me, the main one it's again, I guess I don't know how many exact minutes he played, but Josh Akogi, I don't think he's even like solidified as a rotation. He played player 20 minutes. He played 20, 20 minutes, minutes a, game. a game. Okay, sure. And just, as in, like, I don't even think he's solidified to suit out or just be in the rotation every game. I think he's the 10th guy in a 10-man rotation and can be swapped out for a Jake Lehman on any given night, who also is falling out of my rotation here, but he also was kind of already out. But yeah, Okogi's probably the number one. A guy that will not fall out of the rotation, but just have reduced minutes. Malik Beasley, maybe, but, like, he's still going to have a huge, big-time role. Like, the sixth man is very important. Yeah. It'll be a big role, but just in terms of losing a few minutes. Beasley and ter- other guys on the roster, though, like just to name three, I guess hmm, it's kind of tough just because of how many, I don't know, maybe a guy like Noel, but he, I, it, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I guess I don't really know. What do you think? Yeah, that's, that one's tough. Cause like Noel like, what's played, his but didn't always play. He yeah. played in games where like, like Beasley was out. So then he got more minutes, things like that. So I think that's like kind of a cop-out answer. Um, from me at least, but sure. Malik's a good one. I like Malik played the most or the second most minutes on the team other than cat per game last season. I think that's going to go down some because I think Ant's going to get a couple more. I think Delo's going to play more than 28 minutes per game. Um, I think Pat Bev's going to need some minutes at the yep. two. Um, but then I think other guys that are going to lose minutes are like, well, I guess like, I don't know. Yeah. Like Josh Kogi, because I think Jada McDaniels is just going to get more minutes which is going to yeah. eat into like Josh Akogi's minutes some. Um, so I guess that's a good one. Torian Prince also came in, so that's going to eat some of Josh's minutes. Probably also going to eat some of like, I guess, There's Vanderbilt's really not minutes. Many looking I don't know. At it though. Like, yeah, not like, many guys that fall out, which is weird, considering uh-huh, the health yeah. and the guys that Wolves brought in. But just looking at the roster here, it, it's hard. Like Gordon Akogi, McLaughlin would be one, I think. Probably, right, but he's he was like Noel some. that just didn't even play every single game. It's right. Like, is, he, is he falling out if he wasn't even like a solidified there. backup point guard? Exactly. Right. This is, this yeah, is for difficult. sure. So it's a good question, and it's going to yeah. be interesting. Every season I kind of do 
and I need to do this here before the season starts, but I can do a piece where I project the, start, the, the lineup data, I the guess, rotation, like the, sure. like the minutes, yeah, the rotation. Um, so I'm going to do that before the season comes up and I, I'll be interested to see what I project that out as when I really sit down and kind of write out point guard, you know, how many minutes, things like that. Um, so I'll be interested to see that and then kind of track that data as the season goes on, because who knows, you know, obviously the data is always skewed because players miss time. So then like, you know, Delo misses time. So then Pat Bev's going to get more minutes and Jordan McLaughlin's going to get more minutes, but well, you know, who would have been the two biggest culprits here would have been Culver and Wancho, which is they're, those, yeah. those are the two guys. They're I'm kind of like, yeah, they're just not here. Okay. So that makes more sense. Though. I was like, who am I missing? Yeah. Right, like Wancho, definitely. If he was still right. here, say the, say the Culver Wancho trade didn't happen for Pat Bev. They're still losing. Both those players are losing the minutes. Cause I think Torian Prince just comfortably takes them for yeah. takes minutes from them. So, and with so that's a good question. Culver wasn't going to play a minute. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. why he's gone because there's no sense. Um, all right. Another one comes from Derek Boltice actually is a coworker of mine. Um, found my Twitter. Uh, what is cats points, rebounds, assist averages this season? And what does it have to be for us to be a playoff team? So that's a really good one. Um, I'll go ahead and start with that one. Sure. I think cats can have a great season. Um, so let's, let's just go look at his, I got to pull up his stats quick to see his averages last year. He was at, about 25 points, 10 and a half rebounds and, um, assists, four and a half assists. So it was, I'm going to say cat this season averages like 26 points. I'll say 11, re- I'll say 11 rebounds. I think he's going to get rebound a little bit more. He used to be at like 12 every year. I think right. he's not going to quite get there with like Vando next to him, hopefully. And like better rebounders around him and like ant and, Jaden's got some size, so he'll steal some. But so I'll say 11 rebounds, but I think he's going to be at like six. No, screw it. Seven assists per game. Oh, wow. I think Kat's going to go right. 26, 11, and seven. I just really think that he's going to be even more of a focal point of this offense with a ball in his hand. Um, I think he's going to be, yeah, seven. I think for sure okay. six. Like if Kat doesn't get six assists per game, something's like up. But I think he get to seven assists per game. Um, but the second part of that question is, you know, let, let me, I'll let you answer what you think he's going to average. And then we can kind of discuss what he needs to get, to get to the playoffs. So what do okay. you think his points, rebounds and assist averages are? So, okay. So I'd probably go 25 points. It's very similar to what you're saying, but 25 points. I'm sticking with 11 rebounds. I think that's a good number. And his previous career high is 4.5 assists. So jump into seven's big, but it's definitely possible. I'm going to go six. I'm taking the safe route here, but yep. <laughs> yeah, I'd go six. I'm right on line with you. And in terms of points, I think he could average more, but he's never played. Like he's got the best weapons around him this year. Beasley, Edward and improved Edwards and hopefully a motivated D'Lo. Like he doesn't need to score 26, 27 a game, like 25. is going to be good just based off what he needs to do, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think that, he, like, like you said, he has the best team around him that he's ever had in his career. I would say, um, especially when it comes to like shooting the basketball, it may not be the best team. Like the playoff year might like beat this team, like head on, but it definitely has the best shooters around him, which is why I think that his assists are gonna kind of skyrocket because I think that he just like, 
I think he's really good at passing out of double teams, like yeah. really good. And I've seen too many times that he just can't do anything because literally nobody can make a shot. Like Trevion Graham is sitting in the corner trying to shoot threes. Josh Jacoby's in the corner him. shooting threes. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything about Jared Vanderbilt because he might <laughs> quote tweet me. But yeah, just a lot of people that aren't the best shooters in the corners where now yeah. I think Jaden McDaniel is a very capable corner shooter. Patrick Beverly finds himself there. He's going to be good. Um, you got D'Lo, Beasley, Ant. I think you're going to be really solid in that sense. So I guess that's why I'm so high on him that way. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what you think he has to be for us to get to the playoffs? I think both the numbers we listed will be good enough to get them to the, are we talking play in game or playoffs? Is there a difference in your mind? Uh, that's a question. That's let's just, let's just, let's go. So, okay, so, let's meet in the middle. Um, that's just a really difficult thing. That's kind of been brought on by this playing tournament. It's like, Oh, make the yeah, playoffs. But it's playoffs. like, okay. So what does that mean? Um, <laughs> let's go. He didn't specify. Let's just go eight seed. So okay, eight, eight okay. or higher. So what's it got to be for cat? I still think those same numbers can do it just because of it's been a lot, not really the fault of cat the past. But more so, he's playing as we listed. Guys with Trad average is still 25, six assists, and like 11, 12 rebounds with all these guys around him, Bando around him, like McDaniels played, Beasley played. That is really good considering all the scores and the improved rebounding. And obviously, if the assists, if the assists shoot up like we're saying, then that's just an improvement all around in scoring, which that takes a load off of Cat. So I think the numbers we listed are definitely good enough just because of the talent around it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. When the Timberwolves made the playoffs, that was 2017-18 season, Cat averaged 21 points, 12 boards, and 2.4 assists. So, like, it doesn't all have to – and obviously he had Jimmy Butler on the team, but it doesn't all have to be on him. Um, because I think you're getting a lot of that production from Ant and D'Lo and especially offensively. So I think what's going to matter more is how much defense Cat's playing and the people around Cat are playing. But I think if he does like his career, his career averages are like 23 points, 11 and a half boards, three assists. If he does that, I think the assists need to be a little bit higher because I think if he's only dishing out three, (laughs) then there's a little bit of trouble. But say he's at... 23 11 and four like that's good enough as long as you know if the the parts you know are good around him i think it's playoff team so i don't think he has to go he has the most talent he doesn't have to go Jokic mvp level to be a playoff team to be a contender that's a different story he's got to be absolutely joel mb nicole Jokic level player last year this season but playoffs it's i think i kind of expect them to just right. to make the playoffs. So I think just having a, an average cat season could do it for sure. And so, I want to put this out there cat. So cat averages last season, eight potential assists per game. So only four and a half, um, actual assists, but eight potential assists per game. So that's almost half of his potential assists aren't turning into actual baskets. Do you have his numbers for his previous seasons? Yeah, let me pull them up quick. I can do that really Just because I want, I want to know. Yeah, yeah. So let me see. So the season before, 2019-20, seven and a half potential assists. That's three over. Yep. I want to see what it was really after had. the All-Star break last season. 
So okay, sure. Let me see season segments post All Star break for last season. So Chris Finch, right? Minus the first that five was when games. It was Chris noticeable. Finch, eight point seven potential assists, and his assists Dang. went up to four point eight. So it went up a little bit. Nothing too crazy or anything. But his assist points created did also go up some too. Um, so if you think this coming season, I think it's going to go up even more. I think he's going to be at about 10 potential assists per game, hopefully maybe even yeah. more. Um, because if you, if you have the shooters in the corners, they're going to shoot it more than the Josh Kogis were. Right. So that's going to make the potential assists go up, which is probably going to make the assists go up overall too. So I'm just excited to see what that kind of turns out as. So I'm hit. You saw a steady increase every single season from cat as a passer outside of from his second to third year it went down, but that's because he wasn't like Jimmy Butler came. So like it kind of just skewed some things, but he was at two his rookie year, 2.7 and 2.4. Then it was 3.4, 4.4 and now it's 4.5. So I think it can jump up to six this season for sure. Just with the people around him, but that's a lot of talk about cats assists. I apologize to anybody <laughs> listening. I kind of went on a tangent there, but let's go to the next one. Steven Lockwood said if cat is rested slash injured for a few games, how does this team hold up during his absence compared to last year's team? Um, I don't think much changes because you didn't bring in right better, but it's never good. I think one thing that we can talk about is you'll survive a little bit more with putting Vanderbilt at the five, because you has like another capable four in Torian Prince. But I think, the other thing that could make it a little bit better. So I think it's going to be better, but not like super noticeably better. Sure. I think Nathan Knight's just going to be a better third center than Ed Davis was. So like, I think they might actually use him as some center instead of like sliding Vando to the, to the five. So I could see that being like a, an improvement, yeah. but I don't think it's, I think it's if Cac's injured. Like the team maybe could still win some games because they have some talent, but it's not going to be like, Oh, this seems way better if this season than last season. Cats are like if cats hurt for especially for a long time, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you there. Like Nas is a good backup five. He's a good backup five. If he's if he's plugged into a stunning old Nathan Knight as the backup at that point, like you're just you're screwed. Like just cats your best player for a reason. If he goes down. Like you can't really do much there. More than ten games in the season, they're not making the playoffs. I don't think. Right. You know, even ten games is pushing it. Like, if Anthony Edwards goes down, it hurts a lot, like a ton. But you can plug Malik Beasley and move Pat Bev around. More. You have more capable backups in those exactly. in those spots of like D'Lo and Ant than you do with Cat, and that's why right. it's Cat's talent. Cat is just just literally is a better player yeah. than both of them. Right. Yeah. For sure. Like like Nazi has the same skill set. It's it's like if I got an A on a test and you got a D on a test. I was like, well, you know, he answered similarly or something, but I I don't know. It's not even yeah. close. All right. Uh, next one comes from Brad. Um, his question is, what's the over-under on how long it takes for Pat Bev and Malik Beasley to become best friends? What are your thoughts? Obviously, Ooh, all right. very yeah, yeah. important topic here. Over-under in games or days? All right, let's just go with... Let's go with games. days. Days. I want to go with... Since- all right. Okay. What is it? <laughs> sure. Go Days for since today. Yep. So Pat Bev wasn't at media day, which I'm really taking into account here. BC's going to go, all right, he should have been at media day. He's going to meet him. It'll take him three days. So from right now, 
eight days until they, re- they become official best friends. September, October 7th, one of okay, their so Instagram like, stories will have like them hugging or something. Okay, so you're thinking like, let me just see. First preseason game is yeah. on Monday. So you're thinking October 7th? Sure, yeah. So they're going to have some, some bonding time before the second preseason game on the 8th. Yeah. So they're just going to like, then tonight to the 7th, they're going to go out to dinner, have a little catch a yeah. movie you know, sneak some, pop, and they're both like, a little insane, you yeah, know, just right. And that's why yeah. I think that's why the question's oh, asked, but right. Um, I think it's going to happen at like, so I can see it going two ways. If it happens, I think it's going to happen at halftime of the Pelicans, like preseason opener against the wolves, but I can see it not happening because Pat Bev is literally all about defense and Malik Beasley oh, yeah. does not play defense. They, they could mix so perfectly, in but, a it's, way. but, it, but it's weird because, they both give everything when they're on the floor. It's just Malik right. Beasley is always in the wrong place. Like he's going, 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 but he's just in the wrong place. Maybe Beasley so, will be like, this so, guy can teach me where to be. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I don't know if it happens. I think it's happening during like halftime of that game. If it okay. doesn't happen, I don't know. This is the analysis know. people are here for. <laughs> for sure. And then Brad also threw out a bold prediction. New defensive scheme works. Minnesota finishes average defensively. So Dude, it, I love the wolves because it's like bold prediction, dude. The wolves are average. average. Yeah. Let's go. I know, but it's unreal. But realistically, yeah. that's like the ceiling. Yeah. With this, with this crew, right? It's like average, which could be which all like right. Is, yeah. Which could be all right. It, if you're average, and this team is like talented enough to be like top five offensively, you're like a solid playoff team. Yes. Um, I like the, I like the boldness of this being. <laughs> average i would say they finish around 20th defensively i was gonna say that too and like, i'd be okay with it. If they're like bold. a top yeah. eight offense and a 20th defense like i think that's like a playoff team like you know eighth seed team so that's kind of what i'm expecting um that way all right last one is from hustle play 3000 says i don't have a sense of nods nas reads defense um first off join the party. Uh, but two, how would you rate his defense <laughs> yeah. now? And what are one or two things that would really help him take a defensive leap? Um, Nas Reed's defense. It's not the best, but I also don't think it's a work worse. I think he's pretty light on his feet. He can move pretty well. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't pay that much attention to his defense because he's not usually going up against like other star bigs. So it's not like the biggest thing. I don't think he's a great rim protector. So I think like that would help him. So like one thing that would really help would be growing like four inches. So he's like seven, one or seven, two, but I don't know. I, I guess I haven't paid that much attention to his defense compared to like some of the other guys. Um, but I would say he's not like, like a totally unplayable defender. I think he has some defensive chops that help him out. And if he's grinding, you know, he probably did add some stuff defensively to his repertoire too. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's tough. It's more about the improvement rather than where, how good he is, because we've seen it with Reed, especially on offense since getting the league, he was, he was bad. Like he was just completely raw, but he's shown the ability to improve. I think the numbers, like he's fouling less, he's getting more blocks per game, which is just two solid things overall, though. He's never going to, he's never going to be, a, you know, like Ben Simmons over there, Rudy Gobert, but no, it's just Nas Reed back up center, and he's been pretty much exactly solid. He's never going to yeah. be good. 
on defense, and the Wolves don't need him to be, especially because he's pretty much, you know, cat, just diet version, like we've mentioned a million times. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard, kind of hard to gauge his defense, but it has improved, and it's getting better for what that's worth. Yeah, I totally agree, and I'm, I'm just excited for his season and a lot of player seasons, but yeah, if you don't feel the optimism oozing through your <laughs> headphones or your car speakers or whatever it may be right now, something's wrong with you because we kind of spit a lot of that right now. But oh man, any last thoughts before before you go? No, once again, I'm Cooper Carlson. You can find us uh, anywhere, or me anywhere, I guess, Minnesota Sports News. Just look that up on Twitter or Instagram, and you'll find links to everything we do. Recently launched, launched a website, so check that out. But yeah, much appreciated if you come check me out. Thanks, everyone. And anything, you working on any pieces, getting excited, even Wolves-related, Vikings-related, anything, <laughs> Twins-related? Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, God, not the Twins. No, don't. Their <laughs> season's over. Like, what did they got? Like, don't even, five games uh, left? Like, honestly, I've been so checked out since the trade deadline, dude. It's I've been checked out since, like, April. That's totally <laughs> fair, too. I don't blame anyone for checking out on that disaster of a team. But no, not anything crazy. In the last week, I probably had, I think, well, Kyle Tyge and Jack Borman on the pod, so you can go find those episodes. For Kyle, nothing's really changed except for Gerson Rosas getting fired from that one. But he still no, is yeah, caffeinated and as crazy <laughs> as always. Just screaming into the mic for an hour. No, yeah. Kyle's great. Jack's great. So go check those out. But yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah. And for me, I guess hopefully soon I'll have uh, another podcast within the next week or so. And then hopefully write that rotation piece as the season. I probably do that after probably do that after the preseason kind of is underway. So I can kind of feel that out. Um, But if you're looking for preseason content, um, there will be some over at KaneSoups.com. Oh, absolutely. The Wolves play. um, They kick off Monday, October 4th. And then they play the eighth against the Nuggets. They play the Clippers on the 11th and Kyrie Irving's nets on the 14th, though he may not be playing because it is in New York and he is banished from the Barclays center. Um, But other than that, I don't think too much else coming from me. I'll be at some wolves games this season. I think I'm scheduled to be there like seven times or something. So that's going to be fun. So excited to see what that media access is like and everything, but other than that, thank you, Cooper, for coming on. I really do appreciate it. If you guys have any questions or anything Timberwolves related, shoot me, um, I guess, an email. I guess it's in my Twitter bio, but you can also tweet them at me. You can leave them in the comments. Um, on Formal any email, Nas reads defense, dude. You can write me a letter, my PO. No, I'm just kidding. Um, other than that, thank you again, Cooper. It's really fun Absolutely. talking to you. Sorry I took an hour of your time. Dude, um, always Timberwolves. I love it. Sounds good. All right. Thank you guys for listening to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Ben Online. I'm your host, Brent Hedke, and I will see you next time. Peace out.